Hi there, welcome to the Carter Report and thanks for joining us. Our topic today is how can I find the true church and why are there so many different Christian churches? Is it God's will that there be the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Christian Church, the Adventist Church? Do all churches lead us to heaven? The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. Has everybody got a copy of the scriptures? I want you to turn tonight, please, to our key passage, Matthew 16. We're going to talk tonight on the question, why so many churches? Why the Lutheran church? Why the Methodist church? Why the Baptist church? Why the Presbyterian church? Why the Catholic church? Why the Adventist church? Is it God's will that there be so many churches? Do all roads lead to heaven? That is the subject tonight. I want everybody sitting here to turn in the scriptures. Please turn up the texts as our custom is. Matthew 16, and we're going to start at verse 13. I'll take another moment for you folk to find the text. Matthew 16, verse 13. We're going to talk tonight how God established one true church back in the days of the apostles. We're going to talk about the time when the truth was lost and how God has been restoring his truth down through the ages and how a person can find the true church in our day and age. Please turn. Ready for it? Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 where Jesus talks about the church. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who, who are they saying that I am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And then Peter, my friend, gave the great answer. Simon Peter answered, Simon Peter answered. You'd expect Simon Peter to talk because Peter was always forward. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus said, But I say unto you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, you are Simon, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. My friend, the great Roman Catholic Church teaches with great affirmation that their church, the great church of Rome, was built upon St. Peter. And I will agree tonight, my friend, that the great church of Rome was built upon St. Peter. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the true church of Jesus Christ is not built upon St. Peter, but is built upon the rock Jesus Christ. 
you see. And I concede fully that the church of Rome is built upon a man. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a church that is built upon the living Christ. In the scriptures, my friend, Peter, the very word Peter means a stone. Jesus said, I say to you that you're Peter and you're a stone. And then in the Greek, the Greek says, and on this Petra, I will build my church. And I want to tell you tonight from the word of God, and I'll prove it to you, that in the scriptures, the rock upon which Jesus Christ built his church was Jesus Christ himself. I want you to turn now over here with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, page 1120. Please turn to the text, page 1120 in this copy of the new uh, King James Version. And I want you to come to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. And notice every text tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I want you folk to know tonight in this great meeting that we're having here in the convention center that our authority is the word of God. Our authority is not the teaching of, of some church. I'm here tonight, my friend, not to tell you what my church teaches. What my church teaches is completely unimportant as far as this meeting is concerned. Tonight, my friend, we are here to see what the Bible teaches on this. The subject and please notice it first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 and the Apostle Paul says and all drank the same spiritual drink speaking of the children of Israel for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and please say it with me what does the Bible say that rock was Christ. Now say it again because a lot of you folk just aren't responding. The Bible says that rock was Christ. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. The church, my friend, that is built upon the rock is going right through to glory, you see. And I am here to tell you tonight, yes, indeed, the church of Rome is right when it says that their church is built upon Peter because Peter is a man and the Bible tells me, and I say it, my friend, with reverence to Peter, Peter is a dead man. Peter is sleeping in the grave. Peter, my friend, with the rest of the saints is awaiting the resurrection. That great church indeed is built upon the bones of a dead man, even though he were a great man. But the true church of Jesus Christ is built upon the living Christ, you see. God's church, not built upon a man. It is built upon Christ, the Son of God. Come over here to 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11. 1115, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, verse 11. And notice it, my friend, because in these meetings we turn up the texts. We are here tonight, my friend, to, to read the Word of God and to invite the Holy Spirit to bear witness to His Word. And I want to tell you folks something tonight. If we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, tonight God is going to do miracles for you in this meeting. 
And if God doesn't do a miracle for you in this meeting, if God doesn't touch your heart, it is because, my friend, you're holding the Spirit away from you. If you let God tonight come into this meeting, into your heart, God is going to do something for you. But did you know you have it in your power to stop the working of the Holy Spirit? And I don't care what religion you are, whether you're a Baptist or a Catholic or a Methodist or a Lutheran or an Adventist, it doesn't matter who you are. You can sit here tonight and because of your attitude, you can stop the Holy Spirit from working on you did you know that and there could be some people sitting here tonight who are holding themselves from the Holy Spirit did you know there are many Christians who are afraid of the Holy Spirit they're afraid that the Holy Spirit may come into a meeting like this do you know why they're afraid they're afraid that God is going to turn them upside down and they don't want to be turned upside down they want to go along the same old way I'm praying tonight, my friend, that God the Holy Spirit is going to come into this meeting with such a tempest of power as he did last Saturday night when we spoke on the image of the beast and thank God for that meeting. I want to say, my friend, God wants to come here tonight and he wants to shake the convention center and he wants to work a miracle in your heart and he wants to send a spiritual revolution here tonight. Don't you want it? Don't you want it, my friend? Aren't you praying for that? What is the use? What is the use of going to church week after week? year after year, unless my life is dynamically changed for God, what is the use? I saw a slogan on a church the other day. I thought it was a good slogan. It said, if your religion doesn't make you a better person, you had better get a better religion. Did you hear that? And too many people too many people and too many churches go along to church and they do it because it is a custom and they've never been touched by God. Tonight, I am praying that in this great meeting, in this great theater here in Texas, I am praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I am praying that the Holy Spirit is going to come. I am praying that the Holy Spirit is going to strike us down and that the Holy Spirit is going to make us tremble under His power. Can you raise your hand and say amen to that prayer? Can you? Lift up your hand if you want that to happen. Lift up your hand if you don't want it to happen. Listen. Too often we have the idea that a, a meeting like this is just a meeting. My friend, this is not just a meeting. We have come to meet with the living God. You hear this? We've come to meet with the living Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is St. Peter, heresy. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is who? Jesus Christ. I am glad tonight to say, my friend, that the true church of Jesus Christ, the true church of Jesus Christ is built upon Jesus Christ. 
back in the days of the great communist atheistic revolution in Russia. The communist leaders sent around these men to talk to the peasants and tell them why there was no God. And this communist official stood there, my friend, before thousands of Russian Christians and told them why there was no God. And the little Russian pastor was sitting down the front. After the communist official had harangued them for two hours, he said to the pastor, you can have five minutes to rebut my arguments. And the little pastor got up and went to the podium. He said, sir, I do not need five minutes. Give me just five seconds. And he gave to that great audience the traditional Russian Easter greeting. And he cried out to the people, the thousands of the Russians there. He said, the Lord is risen. And like one great voice, the voice of a multitude came back the cry, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I want to tell you folks something tonight, he is risen. I want you, do you believe that? Is he risen in your life? Is Jesus alive in you or are you a cold, formalistic, legalistic Christian? You know, there are heaps of them. There are heaps of them in every church. In the Lutheran church, the Methodist church, the Adventist church, the Baptist church. Every church has got that sort of person because people think salvation means joining a church. Salvation means joining Jesus. And when you join Jesus, my friend, when you really join Jesus, and when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, my friend, then you will want to join God's true, great restoration movement in the last days. You see? But sometimes we put the cart before the horse. And that is why we are not happy in ourselves. I want you to come now to another text. I want you to come with me to Matthew 16, verse 19, page 949 again. 949, Matthew 16 and verse 19. And I want to answer a question that worries many Roman Catholics and also some Protestants. Matthew 16 and verse 19. This goes on from where Jesus was speaking. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Man alive, what a text. People say, what does this mean? The Bible tells me this. Listen carefully. Jesus Christ gave to his preachers and his apostles the keys of the kingdom. Did you hear that? Jesus said, whatever they bound on earth was going to be bound in heaven. People, Protestants say, I don't like that text. That's their problem. Jesus said those words. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys. Now, what on earth are the keys? What does the Bible say? Come over here to page 1011, 1011, Luke 11 and verse 52, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke chapter 11 
and verse 52. Luke 11, verse 52. And here Jesus tells us what the keys of the kingdom are. And the Bible tells me that Jesus gave these keys to his disciples. I'm glad to say tonight that I also have these keys. And you can have the keys too. Jesus said, Woe to you lawyers, for you've taken away the key of what? The key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in, you hindered. Jesus said, I'm going to give to my disciples the keys. Jesus Christ gave, listen to me, Jesus Christ gave to his apostles. Jesus gave to his disciples the key of knowledge, the truth of the scriptures. My friend, every time a spirit-filled man stands up and opens the Word of God and says, hear the Word of the Lord, and talks about the plan of redemption and calls people to come to Jesus, my friend, he is turning the door. He is opening the gates of paradise. I want you to know you can have that key tonight too. Every person who comes to Jesus Christ becomes a missionary. Every time, my friend, the Word of God is preached, heaven is opened. I want heaven to be opened tonight for you. Jesus said, whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. I am praying tonight that as I talk to you, the gate of heaven is going to open for hundreds of people here. That's how Jesus wants it to be. Now, let me come over here to the blackboard, and I'm going to put some things on the blackboard and try to work my way through all of this equipment that the Heritage Singers have got here. And we are absolutely delighted to have the Heritage Singers with us. I've stayed with them for some time in their home. They're very earnest Christians. They're a group of Seventh-day Adventist young people who are self-supporting, who go around the world bringing Jesus to thousands and thousands of people. And I say, God bless those young people. Amen. Now, this line up here represents the true church. We're going to put a long, long line because this line is going to represent some 2,000 years. The Bible tells me that Jesus Christ founded his church. And the Bible tells me, John Carter doesn't say it. I believe it. But the Bible says the true church was built upon the rock, and that is upon Jesus. And we call that beautiful, ex beautiful experience the faith of Jesus. I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, upon the rock of ages, I will build my church. This great Christian church, my friend, the church of Jesus, goes back a long, long way. But the Christian church that Jesus is speaking of here started back there in the days of the apostles. Jesus said, I am going to build my church. I want you to notice ever so plainly tonight, and I want this saying to sink down into your ears, and I want these truths to get down into the molecules of your mind. The true church of Jesus Christ is always built upon Jesus. The true church always magnifies Jesus, and the true church always lifts him up. The church is built upon Jesus. Now the church was built upon Jesus and something else. I want you to come over now to page 934 to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew the fifth chapter 
and verse 17 and 19. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18. It's great to hear the pages of the Bible being turned over. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18. Have you got that? Here it talks about something else, very, very important as far as Jesus is concerned. Jesus said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. That's very important because if you go and talk to a lot of churches, a lot of preachers, they will tell you the main reason Jesus came was to abolish the law. Have you ever heard that? The Bible says, Jesus says that he did not come to abolish the law. No, he said. Verse 18, Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle, that's the dotting of, a, of an I or the, or the crossing of a T, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Jesus Christ said, don't think I've come to do away with the law. Jesus said, I have come to establish, not to abolish the law. I want you now to come over here to page 953, and we're going to follow this thought through on the law. Matthew 19, 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16 and 17. And here Jesus follows this up, talking about keeping the commandments of God. Matthew 19, 16 and 17. You got that? And behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, a little bit of flattery, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? That is the great question, isn't it? Then Jesus, my friend, gave a wonderful answer. And here is the answer that Jesus gave. So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. And so, my friend, he was trying to get that young man to see his divinity. Jesus said, No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, what did Jesus say? Come on, tell me. Now say it again. Jesus said, Keep the commandments. Jesus Christ our Lord, did you hear that? Because every, well not everybody, but so many people are saying that Jesus abolished the commandments when he died. My friend, that is not true. Jesus Christ our blessed Lord said, once you have accepted me, Jesus said, keep the commandments. And so let us come over here to the blackboard. And let us put up this point. The true church of Jesus Christ was based upon Jesus Christ himself. The church was built upon the faith of Jesus. But let me get some chalk. Not only was the church built upon the faith of Jesus, but the Bible says that the true church of Jesus Christ, this is not John Carter's idea. The Bible says the true church was built upon, what does it say? The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now listen to me, my Baptist, my Methodist, my Anglican, my Episcopalian, my friend. The true church of Jesus Christ is standing very solidly upon two mighty pillars. Number one, 
the holy faith of Jesus Christ. Number two, the holy law of Almighty God. You hear that? Now listen, when Jesus Christ founded his church, all, A-double-L, all of those early Christians, Jesus, of course, who was the leader of the Christians, all of the apostles, and then, my friend, that man born out of time, the great apostle Paul, all of those people kept the Sabbath. Every one of them. I want you to come now to the book of Acts, and it talks about this. Come over here to page 1081, Acts chapter 16, verse 13. We are going to see what day of the week they kept. Acts chapter 16 and uh, verse 13. And here it talks about the example of those blessed disciples. Acts chapter 16, verse 13. Notice what it says. This is not the teaching of any church. My friend, it's the teaching of the Bible. The Bible says, And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. The Bible tells me that those holy disciples back there in the days of the early Christian church, they, my friend, kept the seventh-day Sabbath. That's what the Bible says.